What's going on, everybody? Into the Dogs Basketball Podcast. Here we are on this Victory Thursday. As you can see, I'm Nick Malone, joined by Noah Lurch. Noah, it was a great game last night. It was definitely a, a quality one, definitely by margin of victory by the end of it. It was good to get, or it was a great game to get back in the win column. Yeah, it's it's been this team's, basically this team's doing of when they lose one, they always come back and they find their way to put put together a, a really good, a really usually a really good performance and uh, get back in the win column right away after a loss. Yeah, you're right. Brian preached that, and we did mention that the other day that the team does usually do good off of losses so far this year. I wonder what it would have been, you know, his career. Obviously, last year was rough, so not a whole lot uh, in terms of that. But, yeah, SEMO, we know uh, it's always fun to play them. Like, everyone's been preaching it's only 45 miles away. Football, it's more of a rivalry because they play for the wheel. But definitely in basketball, it's it's demon as well. Like, like I said, it's always fun. It's always fun to have Brad Korn. In the uh, in the arena, he had a he had a really good ovation when he got announced, uh, and he had his team ready to play at the start of this. But no, I just think back because whenever Brian was talking in the pregame with Mike, I recall them discussing the fact that obviously last year when we went there uh, to face them, that Brendan was the head coach because Brian had COVID, and that honestly just hit me. And obviously, we know Brendan does so many things for the program. Um, we'll get to because there's a Kate Cornecker interview that his relationship with Brendan is definitely good and how they talked in terms of getting him here. But, no, Brendan did a good job then. He's done a great job now. Yeah, he's been a really, really good assistant coach to Brian and uh, should be a really good head coach if he wants to take that take that path one day. And, uh, yeah, he's been a really good recruiter, and he's re- really vocal on the sidelines, you can tell. And uh, he really, he's really one of the top assistants in the country, I'd say. Yeah, and I, I love the fact that obviously they're brothers and they have this relationship to build a good staff. And, yeah, Brendan definitely could be a head coach anywhere else. I hope that wouldn't happen anytime soon. He's one that we cannot lose, and he has. He's done a tremendous job. We know he was with at Illinois State with Dan Muller before Brian got this job. So uh, we know he, you know he had a big part, I'm sure, in keeping because we know Lance was recruited big time from Illinois State, but just the connection probably that he knew Brendan at the time. So we know that segue here. So we love Brendan having him here. So, yeah, no end of this game. Obviously, we destroyed him in the end, won by 25, 80 to 55. And uh, now Brian is 3-0 against Simo in his career. Uh, this victory was the largest margin of victory in the series by either school since we won by 28 back in 1993 in the good days. So, uh, no, let's jump into this game uh, instead of doing the play-by-play. But they got on the board first, and then we they got on a 6-2 to two run. Uh, Chris Harris got involved in a jump shot. I just remember, no, we know, like we said, he played at John A. Uh, he was definitely not anywhere near the score that he is now. Noah, he is an lethal, lethal shooter, penetrator. He's every bit of, uh, you know, a, what you say, five-tool player at times. Yeah, he's a very good very good scorer. Yeah, and, and like you said, at John A, he played with a lot of guys that had to have the ball in their hands. So um, you seen last night when he he can get he can just create his own shot. He never got that opportunity. He was just a spot up shooter at John A. But yeah, he's turned into a really nice player. And uh, yeah, they jumped out to that six to two lead and was forced Brian had to take a timeout. And uh, so an, another not good start for us. So uh, we'll have to figure those out. Yeah, and we'll get to what the uh, margin of whatever with the lead. 
was that was really the only decent lead they had the rest of the way. But the first half didn't end up the way we wanted to, especially finishing uh, for sure. So now let's just jump to the box score and what our takeaways were in the first half. Some things that definitely stood out, and we'll get to it shortly. But Noah, the biggest takeaways I would say, obviously, and we tweeted about it, how great Kyler and Dalton were playing, and how much they you know snapped out of their funks, their sophomore slumps that they had been having. Noah, with tremendous games, Kyler again was getting easy in the post and was scoring at will. There was a time whenever he was running back on the opposite side of the court that he said he can't guard me. Uh, you know, so he's got that confidence back. You know, he didn't really force anything as soon as they got it to him in the post. And really, Dalton was the main feeder to him. That he they just got out of the way. They, you know, got to the one side, let him go one on one, and he dominated. You no, know, he had seven and five in the first half in only eleven minutes. I think that arguably is probably the biggest thing that stuck out. Three or four from the free throw line as well. Yeah, he's he's he he was hitting his free throws at a pretty good rate. And, uh, yeah, with, with Manny Patterson not very big and um, their backup big, who's a little bit bigger than Nate Johnson, um, says Kyler draw, drew four fouls in the first half. So um, he had the best plus minus at 11. And, yeah, it's it, it was good to see him going. It's It was more of one of those um, when he has the post, you know, we need to get it to him. Dalton's really good at getting him those low post feeds. And uh, usually he, he's, he's, usually he has been this year waiting – to see if that double team's coming and waiting to take that move and not going anywhere with his dribble. But last night he was really getting it, good position, taking that immediate dribble and actually going somewhere with it with good position. And he just does that little left hook. And it's so good. It's It works every time he can go. He's getting at will last night. Um, so it's really good to see that he's finally getting going here a little bit because um, with the bigs in the Valley, he's going to be much needed. And while we're on the talk about bigs, um, no Anthony Devonzo wasn't even there last night. We'll mention before we get into the full game thing. So um, we know he was battling, battling illness with the Tulsa game. So I don't know with uh, with uh, now the COVID spike in all sports. I don't know if they just told him to maybe take some time off or something or something else is bothering him. You're right. We did mention that. It's like, well, maybe, you know, they don't really know if he's got COVID. You know, the whole team's vaccinated that. We don't think that's the issue. We just think he obviously just wasn't feeling great overall and just didn't need to show up. And we did notice him. Yeah, he was not in warm-ups. And I was with my dad at the game, and he listens to the game, and they said it over the radio uh, to confirm it. So, yeah, that's unfortunate, even though we know, yeah, he hasn't played a whole lot, so we didn't really need him, even though definitely at times in this game he could have played. I'm glad you mentioned that. Yeah, so hopefully he feels better. Doesn't have to play against Maryville, obviously. And we'll get to Maryville at the end, a short preview of them. Uh, but yeah, it, we'll mention again, some of these guys maybe they'd be better off not playing because there's one in particular that didn't look as good. We'll get to that in a second. But yeah, Kyler for sure gets deep. He's strong and it's the easy hook. He's really good with the left hands on his hook. And, and he was our only free throws of the first half. So we talked before, obviously, they just talked about JD and Kyler's free throws. They're working on them and knowing that those two are going to be shooting a lot of them and getting fouled, hopefully, that they have to be good at it. And he was, yes. And Noah Dalton, like we said, in 15 minutes, he had the second plus minus, best plus minus at half, like you said, perfect from the field. Uh, three rebounds, one assist, and you could just tell, no, we'll get to it again at the end of the box score, how confident he looked, and at times it looked like he was back to being freshman Dalton. And confidence, taking care of the ball, and not looking, you know, just overwhelmed like he had been, and we think maybe the mask has something to do with it because he didn't wear it last night. 
Yeah, he's back to no mask, and uh, he's back to old Dalton Banks. So maybe it was that thing. I don't know, but uh, yeah, that's he was that guy. We know we gotta play him no matter. Um, he's he's playing a little bit. He's not shooting the ball well or playing poorly on the offensive end, but his defense just makes such a big difference, especially with guards last night. Um, we couldn't play anybody else out there because uh, Lance Jones only played five minutes in the first half. We will talk about him. He still doesn't look right. But, yeah, Dalton Banks, very good in the first half. He was second in the team at halftime with plus eight in the plus minus category. Um, big first half from him and Kyler. Um, that's what we're going to need because we need those guys off the bench to give us that push and we got some we got a guy back last night and may get one back Saturday but yeah that bench is getting deeper hopefully and we get more healthy yeah I think that was definitely huge those two breaking out finally knowing this stretch that we're about to have going into conference yeah and I think with Dalton the biggest thing is the fact that they were so you know guard heavy and their guards were tough they were fast they were they had great hands they had a lot of steals in this one I believe uh they had they had Simo had six steals at the half so you know, they had quick hands, like I said, great guard play, and that's when Dalton showed out, when he had to be with how good of a guard play they were. And no way he had to because Lance got that early foul, and they took him out for a long time. He only played six first-half minutes, so they kind of – or five first-half minutes, so they kind of benched him in a way at the start of the game, we noticed. Which, honestly, at times, that's what that's what needs to get Lance in that mindset of taking over and knowing when he messes up and they do that to him. And it just flips the switch in him. I think we've discussed that, and the team has discussed that before. So that's what they needed, and he did have a bounce back second half we'll get to. Uh, Noah and, or Cash had six points from six shots in 16 minutes. Marcus led him in minutes again at this point. Uh, had seven and four and four and one steal. So he's just a stat sheet stuffer once again, even at this point. J.D. had a, had a point. He had a nice finish at the rim. He didn't play a whole lot. Five minutes in the first half. Steven shot well. Uh, only had that one three, but he got going to the second we'll get to. And then, yeah, Noah Ben, great to have him back. Played six minutes in the first half, had a block, uh, and he had a big shot in the second half. So it's great to see him there. Troy, we'll get to again uh, with something that maybe he's dealing with now, six minutes in the first. So some decent stuff in terms of team stats. We were had seven more defensive rebounds than them. We didn't have any offensive boards. They had five. I know Brian probably was not happy with that. But Noah, 20 paint points, and we know – I'm trying to think if it's SIU or if it's somebody else. I think it's Brian that preaches touches in the paint. It might be somebody else I'm thinking of, but I'm pretty sure it's Brian saying that if we get points in the paint, our record, either like scoring a lot or just getting the touches, that we win a lot of games. And obviously at this point we were kind of on that trajectory, but having 20 to 8 and difference in the paint matters, Noah, because we know not shooting that well from three, even though we had been the last two games, but obviously being good in the paint is where we've been really good at this year. Yeah, getting into the paint's a big big plus for us. We uh, Brian Pete is the one that preaches those paint touch decisions. And, yeah, we got really got it to, um, with the smaller guards, we were able to get Marcus in the post a little bit, and Kyler was doing what he was doing. Um, Dalton got a couple uh, wide-open layups early, good passes, good screens by Kyler, and a good pass by Marcus to find those guys. And, yeah, it's that's what we need. We need to... Um, we, I think it's, we've been playing all most of the year from out to in. We need to go in and out, go inside. And if they'd start doubling, we can get open threes and we can hit more threes from that. Um, that's the way we need to play. We need to, we need to set the tone JD and find maybe Kyler in there. 
and Anthony when he's happening. And if they have smaller guards and play smaller, Marcus can post up, and even Steven can post up. He has a nice little fadeaway. Yeah, he's strong, too, and all these guys are strong. Marcus talked after the game on how uh, strong the guys are and how much they've been working in the in the weight room and stuff. So, yeah, uh, for sure, and definitely uh, to this point, we mentioned how uh, you know they're really good in the first part of the shot clock. I think they did well at times in this in that regard. Uh, but they definitely we had 11 turnovers, which we don't like to see. Uh, so overall, yeah, quality uh, first half. We were, we were only up by six, but we finished the half with uh, a little over two minutes of not scoring, and uh, they would score this in the last minute 50. Uh, after we were leading by 11, it was all that point. So that's the first half. Yeah, it's some good. Some good stuff, even though we wanted our lead to be uh, a little better than that. But, Noah, we turn it on in the second. Definitely seemed like from three-point range, for sure. And we'll get to the stats and how well we've shot from three the last two games. Uh, no, I think some big, the biggest takeaways were, you mentioned it there, that uh, our offense at times, especially in the second half, outside of threes, you know, we have the offense where we have the, uh, the uh, pass to the elbow and we just run off screens and run just handoffs and, hit the JD or Tyler, and they kind of work it like that. I mentioned it kind of resembles the Heat's offense. But, no, as soon as we got the other back cuts around the screens, uh, we got a layups almost every single time. And then you mentioned the high-low. I, I forgot. I think we saw it with Marcus Takash once or uh, somebody else. There were some high-lows that we remember seeing last year. Like, yeah, overall seeing that kind of stuff in the offense paid off in this half, and we saw it a lot. Uh, so, Noah, we'll get into the box score here again. Like I said, a flip of the switch for sure to get to our 80 points. Steven, we know, had three first-half points, ended up with 17 total, shot six of seven from the field, five of six from three, six rebounds, assist and a steal, and 33 minutes. Uh, incredible. And we saw talked before, he even passed up a, a three that I remember screaming at saying, shoot it. And we know he said his teammates get on to him for none. He definitely did that, and efficiently for sure, Noah. He is he is a, I mean, more broken record stuff. He's a great shooter, and he finally snapped out of even a little funk that he might have been in. I don't think so, but in terms of shooting a lot and being efficient, he was really good. Yeah, he's he, his three-point shot is so smooth, and he needs to shoot it more. We've been telling him. I'd like to see him put up maybe eight or nine threes a night, um, like Cash has been doing. But, yeah, and then what he does on the defensive side of the ball, that's, we know we're going to get that every night. But, yeah, him on the offensive side, he's going to be that third guy. If we can get Lance Jones right, then we got we know it looks like we can count on Cash to be that double figure guy. Um, those those top four, then whatever we get from everybody else once uh, um, everybody else gets back is going to be key. For sure. What was Stevens plus minus? Um, in the first half, he was plus um, three only. Yeah, and I guess we don't have the because obviously we know they print out the stats at half and we go get from the printer. Uh, so yeah, I wonder what it was in the second half. I'm sure it was really good in terms of both sides of the ball and how great of a second half he had. Uh, but yeah, he led us in scoring. Really good stuff from Steven. Uh, and Noah Marcus ended up 5 of 10. We'll, we'll have a little thing on Marcus at the end of after this game that I wanted to get into. But he had 16. Again, he we mentioned he had, what, 7, 4, and 4 and half. He ended up with 16, 7, and 8 with 3 steals and a block. Like I said, if if there was a lot of DraftKings, that he would definitely had a good night. Two of four from three. So many, like I said, he was he was a lot of the paint once again. He got a lot of free throws in this game. I say a lot, only four. We didn't only three guys shot free throws in this game. He was perfect, and Cash was perfect, Noah. But 
Uh, and Marcus has been close. Seems like he will. We mentioned is definitely going to get a triple double one of these days. His ability to pass and he was he was finding guys on the fast break down the court. Those passes we said, you know, just backdoor cuts everywhere, and obviously guys hitting shots. And he was asked after the game on what's up with his assists, and it says he's just playing the game. You know, like any other way he would, he's just finding guys open, and kudos to them for making the shots for for him to have those assists. So no, Marcus keeps being tremendous. Yeah, he's he's we I said it, we keep saying it, he's flirting with triple doubles, and I think he'll get one at some point um, this season. Um, what can else What else can you say about him? He's doing it all for us. He's hitting the boards more. Um, we said he needs to do that more. Um, his passing, he's he's finding unreal. He's, then he's finding open guys and they're hitting down threes and uh yeah his offense he's missing some easy shots inside probably a little bit more but that means that's because he's uh he's playing a lot of minutes i think he's playing like the 18th most minutes per game in the country that's like 90 92 percent of our minutes so um he's got a lot on he's got a lot on his shoulders but uh he's doing it every night and uh he's getting hacked he's not getting a lot of calls like last night he should have got a couple of foul calls and inside the paints on some easy layups he had, but he was getting hacked. But then no calls last night. Um, he probably has some bruises on his arms from getting hacked. But yeah, he's doing it all for us, and he's uh, he I'd say he's top three in Player of the Year voting if we were like to vote for the Valley Player of the Year right now. That's what we were discussing earlier. We were thinking who could be that, and you know, you think back to obviously his game winner. People would take into account his obviously he leads us, and we'll get to it. He leads us in almost every stat. So far now at this point, so definitely taking over. Yes, I mean finishing at the rim needs to happen more. I'm not sure if it's you know because he turns it on at certain points. I'm not because you know, it's sporadic throughout the game. I'm not sure if it's obviously him being tired, but you know in terms of you know some he's not really circus shots, but he finds a way to get crafty to avoid blocks or something that he uh, manages to miss. But it should be shots he made. Yeah, along with him being hacked, should have had more free throws probably. Uh, should end up with over 20 points probably, but. Yeah, not complaining. Great game. Like I said, we'll cover him here in a second again. Noah Cash, yeah, he's got, if my math serves me right, he's got about 66 points in the last four games. We know we had the big one of 27 last game, but he's been showing out. Uh, he was also perfect from the free throw line, 5 of 9 from the field. Only shot two threes, which is which is strange out of the 20 we shot as a team, but he's not forcing really, which is good to see. <clears throat> we talked about before, but... Um, and though at times it, it was weird because we know Cash, you know, obviously is pretty sure-handed. We know he's kind of obviously he's a little skinnier. We know the weight he put on that was said, but no, he was getting the ball ripped from him a lot, <clears throat> stolen from him. He was getting blocked, but there was one that he got stolen from and went down and blocked uh, that player or whoever on the on the board. So he made up for that one. But it was strange Noah seeing him get pickpocketed. We know Simo's good at that, but it was weird because we hadn't seen that from him yet. Uh, get pickpocketed like that. Yeah, it, it looked like they were scouting him since he didn't take very many threes. That um, he thought he could get to the rim, but they were good. They were doing a nice job uh, helping off and digging in and stripping him. Um, he wasn't being very strong with the ball, but yeah, he's if he's not gonna if he's gonna be able to take guys off the bounce, that's gonna help open up threes. Like he's been wanting to shoot a lot of threes, so um, he's hitting the boards as well. So it's a, it's good to have him, and we know what he can do on the defensive side. And uh, he, he made some nice, crafty finishes around the rim last night. Yeah, his length is incredible, for sure. And that three he hit was a big point in the game, I remember, when everybody was making him. So, uh, <clears throat> yeah, another – he had that one block I mentioned, 33 minutes, 
So yeah, Cash definitely if he's scoring, he's doing he's doing well and doing good. So he needs to keep that up. And then uh, Noah Kyler, we know he had seven in the first half. Ended up with 12, four or five shooting, four of six in the free throw line, five rebounds, two assists, a steal in 18 minutes. That's actually not bad. If he gets around 18 to 20 minutes a game, obviously, you know, whatever with JD only had eight. But if you get those bigs like that, obviously there's been times where we've went with smaller lineups, so it's been warranted. But Kyler played really well in this one, like we were saying, and a great bounce back for him. And like I said, hopefully that get him going, even against Maryville. Hopefully, we I mentioned with Marcus, uh, hopefully he wouldn't play a lot against Maryville. We'll get to them. They're not actually awful, clearly, uh, but it's a game. Obviously, we want to just we want to win, and obviously by a big margin. Hopefully, but we kind of just rest up for that big San Fran game. We have another another D two game before conference, so we'll see how it all plays out. But definitely Kyler can hopefully get in this groove before because San Francisco's got athletes, and we're honestly not sure if he'll be able to play in that one. So. Big bounce back for Kyler again. Yeah, it's a big bounce back. He gave us a big lift on both sides of the ball last night, especially with JD not um, not playing very much and Anthony not even available. So, uh, yeah, when we when he had the opportunity to score, he was scoring, and he made some really nice passes last night. He's got good vision. Um, so if they double down on him, he can find open shooters or open cutters. And yeah, that's that's the Kyler we're gonna need all season long, and he's starting to play well lately. So. Hopefully he can build on it, take advantage of a, this D2 school in Maryville, build on that, going into a big one against Tol- or against San Francisco. Yeah, and the fact that he – I remember one that Cash had a nice pass to him and he dunked it like we've been talking about. So he was just looking – him and Dalton just had that confidence back, you can tell. I'm like, uh, yeah, segue into Dalton, seven points, perfect from the field. He did hit that one three, played 29 minutes, three assists, five rebounds, and a steal. And a steal. So, again, Dalton, the same thing. Like I said, confidence and ability to, you know, weave through traffic, not turn it over. Uh, he did have one turnover in this game. I don't even recall. I think it's probably on a bad pass or something. But uh, I, I remember actually what it was. But, yeah, he had did have that one turnover. Other than that, he was steady. Like I said, he looked like his freshman self. And he's maybe flipped the switch as well, Noah. So, Dalton, they bounced back. Like we said, in a, in a, in a game where he almost had to – uh, well, especially if they benched Lance, that he had to step up at the start of the game, especially because they had quality guard play that had to happen. Yeah, it's a really good bounce back game, especially, like you said, Lance not playing very much, not looking right so far. Um, defensively, he's able to stay in, he's, he was really staying in front of those quick guards last night and defending really well. Then he was, he was controlling the offense, setting up the offense and not turning the ball over, like you said. Um, that's the, this is the Dalton Banks we, we thought we we're going to have going into this year. And uh, maybe, the like we said, maybe the mask or just he would, just hadn't gotten off to the right right start this year. And uh, hopefully this is the game that starts turning around. And just like Kyler, maybe against Maryville, he can take that next step and continue to build on that going into, like I said with Kyler, a big game against San Francisco. Yeah, and Dalton, uh, just thinking back to <clears throat> thinking of the fact that uh, he was confident and in those 29 minutes and the fact that he uh, definitely was uh, trying to think what, I'm about to, what I was thinking of, <clears throat> thinking of saying, but yeah, perfect from the field. Uh, he just had that quality of confidence that we said that we needed from a legit point guard of him being able to do everything, of handling the ball and all that stuff that he did that oh so well. So yeah, hopefully a flip of the switch for those guys. And then yeah, Lance, eight points on eight shots, two of six and three, four, four rebounds and assists, two steals in 21 minutes. 
with three fouls and only one turnover. So, yeah, it was a weird game for Lance. We mentioned maybe the ankles kind of bothering him again because, uh, like I said, he's, he's still getting beat. I feel like but there was a switch I saw on him, I think, flipped outside of, we said, kind of flips it in himself with confidence if he gets benched or doesn't play well. Uh, there were definitely times where he would look fast and he was scoring at the rim again. But definitely on defense, he looks a lot slower in terms of moving his feet, so maybe the ankle has something to do with it. He doesn't get beat, and he beats a lot of people. He's usually the fastest player on the court. It's not looking like that right now. He looks maybe a little heavier, I wouldn't say. If he looked like that at the start of the year, I don't recall. I don't think he would gain weight like that, obviously. We just think that ankle's maybe bothering him, though. Yeah, I think it, it definitely is bothering him. and He's not playing the Lance Jones defense that we know. He can be um, lettuce and steals two years ago, and he could be on that defensive team, but um, – yeah, he's still hobbled, and you can tell he turns it on sometimes. Like you said, he gets to the rim, he turns it on a little bit. But, uh, yeah, he's still not shooting very well from three. Um, he hit one last night and, it, and went into a timeout, and you can just tell all of his teammates came out running to him and um, give him a hugs, and it, it's like he like he just got one off his back. Like he got the monkey off his shoulder, he finally hit one. And um, that's the kind of teammates you need. They believe in him. They're telling him to keep shooting him. Even some some are questionable the way the the deep as deep as they are, but yeah, he just needs to get right, and um, we'll get into more of what we think we should do with him Saturday. But yeah, he needs he's not right, and but he's still playing through it. That's the kind of kid he is. He wants to play through it. He doesn't want to um, not play and think he's letting the team down. That's a good point. I think that's a reason why we might see him on Saturday because yeah, we we think he just shouldn't play at all. In that game, it's a game you don't want to lose, but we know we're at home, and we'll say it again. I, or I'll say it. I think I'll take our chances against a lot of people at home. We've been great under Brian at home, and it's ironic. Like we said, the San Francisco game they played two years ago coming here was a bad loss. That's really our only bad loss there <clears throat> under Brian, outside of maybe a game or two last year uh, in that down year. So, yeah, maybe Lance doesn't play, but he definitely uh, getting the groove going, hopefully into those big games. And then Noah, uh, like we said, Ben came in, had a three, a big three in the game in 12 minutes. It was great to see him back and, and healthy, hopefully moving forward because we're going to need him. Um, and that was a perfect amount of minutes, I think, for him, 12 to get back. We, I think we said in the thing about 10 to 15 in the pre-show. So he was doing that. JD, we know, didn't play a whole lot, had that layup, had a steal, and uh, just played good defense when he was in there. Only eight minutes, like we said. We went small at one point, so... Uh, he did that, and then Noah Troy here. He looked like he uh, bothered him right before halftime because he came out with a lot, or he was the last one at a halftime to come onto the floor. Uh, I don't think we got a confirmation on that, but total of nine minutes looked like maybe. What do you think was bothering him? It looked like he hurt himself. Yeah, it looked like he was. I don't know if it was uh, cramps or something, but when he came out of the game, he did not sit on the bench. He went to the end of the bench, um, and he took a knee or something. So I didn't know if he tweaked something, maybe. Um, but uh, I think there was one point of the game he, he, he went he pointed towards Brian like he needed out. So, like, so I don't know what he's tweaked. Uh, he's another one. If we needed to, I, I'd say we could give off Saturday. If he's tweaked something, especially uh, just go ahead and talk about it, that they said in the pregame that Trent Brown's maybe questionable to play. So that would be a good game just like Ben. Um, give him 10 to 15 minutes, see how he does. If he Hopefully he doesn't tweak something because um, – Really, really wouldn't want Trent Brown's first game to be at San Francisco. I'd like to give him a little test of the waters here, see how he does. So, uh, and uh, you'd probably see a little uptick in minutes for Ben Harvey. But yeah, Troy, 
Um, the minutes he played, I thought he played pretty well last night. Um, so, uh, yeah, I don't know what happened exactly, but he looked he's banged up now too. That's a good point. When he came in, he did score, obviously, in those nine minutes, and then before he tweaked it, he kind of was just going through the motions, didn't really turn. He had one turnover, but was kind of just doing his typical role. So that's good to see, yeah. And then you mentioned Trent. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, I, you don't want to have him hurt himself again. I think if he tweaks it again and be out, I think you would have to shut him down uh, definitely for a long time and then maybe like an arch madness appearance down the road. But definitely want to still take it easy with him. Yeah, it's a perfect game on Saturday to get him in if he does. With being questioned, what's well, the first time he's been questioned? He almost played a Little Rock, as we know, and it didn't. That's really the last time we heard about him being close to playing. So it is great to almost have him back. Yeah, San Francisco will go fight with the guys that we've had and adding Ben now, hopefully with Anthony as well with those guys. We don't need to rush him back for that. So a warm-up maybe on Saturday, hopefully. So that's all the players happened in that. Yeah, no, we had 29 in the first half, ended up with 51 in the second half. Tremendous shooting second half. 64% as a team in that second half. 16 of 25. 10 of 14 from three. You know, I think that's – I wonder what that would be in the last however long at SIU in terms of made threes and just obviously how efficient it was in a, in a second half. That's 71%. And then we were 9 of 10 from free throw. You know, I think that's about as perfect of a second half we've played this year in terms of efficiency – and being 10 of 12 from 12 or 14 from the free throw line means you're definitely going to win if you shoot like that. Yeah, it's it's what we've been talking about. We're struggling from the free throw line, but we haven't been getting to the free throw line to maybe fix that adjustment. And we got we we started to last night and uh yeah, it was a pretty pretty good second half effort all around. Um it didn't start out great. We allowed them to have four chances to score right out of the half, but after that there was not really another Really, not very many bad possessions by us. We really turned it on on both sides of the ball, and yeah, we were shooting the ball well. And we answered everything they made. Anything they got into, maybe trying to chip away, we answered right back with the three. And uh, it was a, it was a good second half. We had ended up with 13 turnovers, only two second half turnovers. So we took care of the ball. We did. We played Saluki basketball, and that's what that's what we we were able to expand the lead and won by 25. Yeah, the free throw is definitely a far cry from the last game. And definitely, if we, we talked about before the Tulsa game, maybe it's a game we get going from three, and we did. And we obviously did in this one, and we talked about free throws after that eight, eight free throw game that maybe we could turn it on in that realm, and we did. Uh, definitely got benefit of the calls last night. So, yeah, definitely a quality offensive game. And, yeah, going to those stats you mentioned, yeah, the turnovers only two in the second half is huge. Played about, like I said, almost a perfect second half in every regard. And everything, and if we recall the keys of the game, what were the keys of the game? Do you remember? Um, play with poise for 40 minutes. I know that was one. That's always one with Brian. He wants to always play with poise of the game. Um, I'm trying to think. I'm gonna go back here real quick. But yeah, so uh, when, when you do that, yeah, we had when we had 20 paint points in the first half, ended up with 32 to their 18. Uh, yeah, they ended up with 14, only one more turnover than we did. So they kind of took care of the ball. They just really didn't shoot well. 19 assists of the team, and we only out rebounded them by four. But uh, bench points, 22 to 13 quality, uh, just solid overall. Nine to four fast break points, nine to seven steals us. And then points off turnovers, we had 13. So All right, uh, number one was a rebound on the defensive end. Did we do that? Yeah, we had rebounded them by – 12. It didn't look great at first, yeah, by 12. Check so. that one. Uh, number two was a plus turnover margin. Yeah, by one. By one. So in uh, 40 minutes of poise, 
I wouldn't say exactly 40 about minutes. 30, well, I'd say about 32 minutes, eight yeah. minutes stretch. You're probably in between, but um, did a pretty good job. Uh, it's almost it's it's almost you have to put the same three because it's probably three about three points of what we need to fix every game. We haven't been able to put the consistency together, so it's almost like he's just he's like us repeating ourselves every week about every game. It's same three things we need to fix, and we could be a really good basketball team. Yeah, I know. I think we've talked about it, that Tulsa game and all these games, playing them close in general, just knowing what you have to do to finish games and how close we are. And this definitely, we recall, obviously, we know it was the first game, but Seymour putting up 99, we held them, what was it, almost 20 points under their season average. I mean, that shows our defense. It shows that they just didn't shoot well. We know um, what's-his-name, their leading score, did not really do much in this game. Uh, Eric Reed Jr. Eric Reed Jr., so – Quickly go over to their box score and who led them and stuff. They did have 11 offensive boards, which I'm not proud of that at all. But, um, yeah, Chris Harris led them led the way with 12 points. Um, expected he had a couple couple threes. Um, then uh, Eric Reed Jr. got his 10. We held him from his average. Philip Russell, very good, quick guard, 10 points as well. Um, I assume his brother Nigel, very good player as well, 8 points. And they had sporadic... Uh, I was very surprised only seeing DQ Nichols only score five points. I felt like he had a lot more. Yeah, you're right. We, we talked about Chris Harris being elite, and both Russells definitely could get shots up without a doubt. Uh, so, yeah, definitely, uh, you know, ended up being a butt-whooping of a game, which we expected. We both took plus the 12-and-a-half, which – Shame on us. Well, we should have known, you know – well, we didn't know we were going to shoot. Like, we know we can be a great shooting team, but that is all-time almost shooting, especially in the second half. The first half looked like we were on the great pace to have that plus 12 and a half. But, yeah, I think, like I said, I think that's just how great we are at home. They had a little bit of a crowd. They had one guy screaming during, like, when we were shooting free throws and it didn't phase any of our guys. So, definitely the game we knew they would travel a little bit. So they didn't have a whole lot. We know Lance Lynn, former Cardinal, current White Sox was at the game. So, there were some people there. You said you saw Coach Nick Hill and Lance Rhodes, so a lot of representing. Yeah, they were chit-chatting right below me up where I sit and uh, – yeah, it was good to see them. Um, a little trivia question. Do you remember – do you recall it's been under Brian the last time we put up 50 points and a half? Um, no. It was the – it was two years ago at Evansville, the Lance Jones game. Put so up, that's – yeah. That was that game. So I would look back on that because I was wondering when's the last time. Because under Brian, we're not going to put up 50 points and a half very often. No, you're right. But it, it shows that obviously if we can become – a good free three-point shooting team that we are, and we shot so good from the free throw line too. I think it has the makings. We talked about our, you know, average season point totals in the 60s. It could definitely reach the 70s. I would not definitely say we retire that. We just saw that Arizona, uh, uh, who's having a really, really, really good year this year, they're averaging like 92 points a game. So we won't see anything close to that, but definitely in the 60s, hopefully near the 70s at some point. So a great win, great all-around second half. Just keep games like that. Like I said, Simo put up that game against Missouri State, 99 points, and they, they've done okay to this point. They were 500 going into this game, and there were Brad Corns, like you said, have that game in the right direction. By the way, he had an interview with Mike before. I didn't get a chance to listen to it. Did you? I did not. So I'm sure they talked about, obviously, his current status there and what it meant to, for him. And there was a quote that Brian had. Let's get to some quotes real fast, just a couple – Brian did say that I don't enjoy playing against friends. Brad's done a lot for me. He was my assistant coach at SIU and has been a great mentor to me. So personally, that wasn't enjoyable. 
so some other quotes here. He said, we had to make sure that we came out with the right mindset and the right focus after a tough loss. At Tulsa, I thought our guys did that. We got off to a little bit of a slow start, but our focus was there throughout the game. Uh, <clears throat> he said, offensively, we played with more pace in the second half and we shared the ball better, which allowed us to create some separation. We did a pretty good job overall of guarding them for 40 minutes. I thought our guards did a good job of pressuring the ball, being in a stance, and picking up full court. They, that wore on them quite a bit. Now that just reminds me, because speaking of how good of a game Dalton had, that Brian talked about how <clears throat> they were going to sought after on Dalton and get to him and pressure him, and he did that really well. Uh, so, yeah, some quote, there were some quotes on that. We mentioned Ben. It's great to have Ben back. First game since November 12th, he's missed seven games. So, uh, definitely, like I said, a great overall game. And Marcus was a player. Steven interrupted that. It was fun to listen to because he said that Steven arguably could have been and was going to be the player of the game until they realized Marcus had close to a triple-double. So uh, the relationships and the camaraderie for the team is great to see. Uh, so now, Noah, I wanted to segue, like I said, to a topic of talking about Marcus because I know I've – uh, me and a couple other buddies have talked about you know his status and what he could reach all time, really in terms of points, but in terms of you know what he can obviously be. We know he missed; he'd already be a thousand point score if he didn't miss last season. We talked about um, or mentioned what you know possibly could have been of that season if he doesn't get hurt. Because like I said, we were undefeated. It was after what the Drake series where we what was it after the Drake series or the Evansville split. It's when Marcus officially got hurt and didn't see action the rest of the year. We know he was playing on that stress fracture. But, Noah, he leads us in almost every stat. Now, he leads us in points with 15.7, rebounds with 4.5. We know that's he's only .1 ahead of Lance in points, and we know Lance didn't play a game. Uh, and then, like, .1 over the others, like we've said, four, four assists. Lance leads us with two steals, steal, two steals still, and then Marcus has – about almost one block a game. So he's turning it on, and I mentioned uh, what he could be as his status moving forward because I was going to mention that he's only about 246 stats or points away from uh, 1,000. He'll definitely, I think, would reach that by the end of the season. We know we're already, what, 11, 10 games in, so he'll definitely reach that. Uh, no, I think it's one of those things, obviously, where he could be an all-time great. I think he knows that. He could be doing more this year. Because there was just an argument on terms of value and who was the best player on the team between him and him and Lance, and I'm not going to go that route. They're totally different players, and but we saw whenever Marcus doesn't play like last year that we struggle and we're not a great team. And though Lance carried us for sure, then obviously we show him that we can win without Lance Evansville, even though we almost blew it. And if he plays, that game's different, especially with Gibbons. So no, I think Marcus is just like I said, paving his way uh, in terms of being an all-time scorer here. Because there were ta or mentions before, and there ha really hasn't, just among me and others, that uh, you know we know he's got that extra year, that he would have that fifth year, that any chance of leaving for bigger, if he were to stay on this trajectory of being a great player, that, and I mentioned to you earlier, that you, you wouldn't think that would happen. I think we would have to, and obviously we would love to, have a Valley title between now and then, so within two or three years to make him stay and want to continue to be here, Noah. But uh, even if he keeps playing at this high level, like I said, that those opportunities at the next level, even like Aaron Cook would have to go play somewhere. Even though he was a role player, Marcus would be great somewhere. Uh, you don't foresee that, do you? No, not a chance. Uh, that would be a, kind of a selfish move, I don't think, because I don't think that's the type of player he'd be 
And, uh, yeah, I don't think he would do that. I don't think there's a chance uh, because if he's using that extra year, um, the classes we could have going along that way when he's using that extra year, we that could be another year. To, that If we don't have one by then, we could have another Valley Championship and make a run. Yeah, I know. I just think, you know, obviously because we see it, it was just because of his talent that he would get interest, even though, yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't expect him to. I mean, he knows probably – the legacy that he wants to build his his family's entrenched in this program and I know he is as well. Yeah, he's at seven hundred and fifty four career points right now. And it's we are looking at this right now. He's almost exactly on point, almost in every single statistical category with how he was last year before he got hurt. Um he's made about five more threes, uh, but almost shooting exactly from the free throw or from the field and everything else. Rebounds, everything. So it's ironic. He's only got six less points right now than he had last year. We know he's, like I said, he's uh, left some points out on the floor at times this year. So I just wanted to get into that and know that how important he obviously has to be, being that player of the year candidate and first team, that he's got to keep carrying us to us, obviously, to get to where we want to be. And I know he can be an all-time great, and I think he knows that. Brian probably tells him that a lot. So, yeah, averaging 16 points, five rebounds, four assists, shooting 43% from the field. So, we just hope he keeps it up. That was just a fun little topic in terms of his importance moving forward. So now, no, before we preview Maryville, we know uh, yesterday that Cade Hornecker had an interview with Rodney Watson, which is really cool. Cade was a really well-spoken, uh, you know, really sounded like a really good kid. We're glad to have him. So some of this conversation, no, he said that obviously being of – he was asked about where he's from and, you know, what to do in, in Armorello. He said that growing up there, it, it's interesting, but wasn't a whole lot to do, but he finds stuff to do. Uh, he talked about – he joked about, you know, that maybe people think that you ride horses at that point in Texas. He says he does not. And can you picture that even a seven-footer doing that? But he says Texas is definitely – he was asked if it's still a football state, which is obvious even in the grand scheme. But he says that it is because if you go to his – or the – the attendances at his uh, basketball games are nothing compared to the football. They say no matter what weather or what point in the day or anything, that fans will show up and sell out football games there. Uh, and then he said, Noah, that you mentioned before, they were 13-4 and four in the season. He said that you know their 17 games may be the most in the country or most in the state of Texas that they've played so far. But like we said, we would love to know what he <clears throat> is doing personally. We know he said that he's one of the top three players on his team. Uh, but no, 17 games, that'd be a nice sample size to wonder what, how many, what he's doing statistically. Yeah, he's a, you can tell just by listening to him, he's the type of player you want to have on your team. And uh, yeah, he's, I'm sure he's doing just fine. He, they asked what he was doing. He said he, what he could bring to SIU. And he said he, he thinks uh, we have some smaller bigs like 6'7, six, 6'8. Six, he thinks he, bring his kind of size and he can stretch the floor a little bit to this level. And uh, he said he's blocking a lot of shots on the defensive side. And uh, when it's his time, he scores, but uh, he's playing with a guy that's going to Villanova. He, he passes to him and he's got another guy he's playing with going to UT Arlington. Yeah, you're right. He says when he, when he, when he gets in the paint, he's expected to score, but he, what, when he doesn't, yeah, he definitely kicks it out to the Nova uh, commit. And yeah, the UT Arlington guy, you're right. Uh, so a lot of UT Arlington ties recently, which is ironic. As we said, they are an option to come to the Valley. <clears throat> but, yeah, he said some other things that he says. Obviously, he's eyeing a state title, and he was asked if he'd rather have a state, which is a weird question. It seems like an obvious one, a state title or 
an extra star on your resume as a player. And he said, obviously, some players would like that, as we know they definitely do. But 100 times out of 100, we would say both of us would choose the state title, right? Absolutely. Without a doubt. And he mentioned the state title that he's played with a lot of players that he's played with most of his life since the third grade or something. So he would love to win one with them. And he says they obviously have a good shot. Um, and he talked about his coach, and he was uh, one of the best. He, he thinks he's one of the best in the state in the country uh, and preaches his discipline. A lot of players or people don't like playing for him because of that. But he loves it. He says he gets the best out of him. He was asked the resemblance to him and Brian. He said that they're high-character people, and he's pretty much said that they wouldn't sacrifice their core values and stuff like that for anything. They're kind of you know, stick to the script and discipline in that way, and um, which I love that phrase that he said. And then uh, we mentioned the uh, what made him like interested in here. We mentioned or talked about Brendan and saying to go in to visit him. And then uh, he said that he was been calling and texting Brendan throughout the whole process a couple times a week. And then he reiterated reiterated the trip that he had here, Noah, that sold him on this, the football game and the atmosphere. He said the culture, the place, the people, and the program was great. And he knew that he was wanting to come here. He knew the second day that he was, and then when he got back, he wasn't going to tell them at the time, but he ended up telling them, obviously, he was coming. He said that God was wanting him to go there. He said, quote, felt like home. And you know, an interesting one is he said, obviously, with back in the day, he said, obviously, it's the case now, but not as much back in the day about Floorburn U. He says that they use it at his high school. They call it Floorburn High, which is interesting, though. I don't know if he obviously, if that was just amongst themselves, not knowing about it, or he had something to do with talking about it and saying that that's what they do here. Let's call ourselves Floorburn High. That's awesome to see. I'm sure that has a lot to do with them recruiting and that he's willing to do all that stuff. Oh, absolutely. If he, yeah, like you said, we're not sure what the connection is there, but uh, yeah, that's big time. That means he's going to do the little things and um, be that type of guy. He's not afraid to play that Floorburn U style. And uh, especially at seven feet, you don't get a lot of guys at seven feet that want to play that kind of style. And that's, that's going to add a lot to this team once he gets here. Hopefully he can finish up his uh, senior year with a state title. Yeah, and you, and you talked about uh, what he can bring and saying that, yeah, we have a lot of six eight six nine players uh, that he brings, obviously being seven foot, uh, his ability to spread the floor uh, that he likes, that he thinks he can add with that. He says he does have to have put weight on. Um, and then uh, every time he t- – like we've mentioned that what he's got to do for his team, he said with his shot blocking, as you said, and changing – He's not blocking a shot. He's changing a shot. He's trapping on ball screens, and he says, "Quote being seven foot," which you know, obviously that comes with a lot. We we've said how we haven't had many seven footers in the program in a while. Definitely not ones that are relevant in terms of being a factor, and he will definitely be a factor. So it's great to have him. We cannot wait to have him here. Like I said, he's really well spoken, and I'm obviously there are a lot of reasons why they loved him, and it was vice versa. Uh, both ways. So now, no, let's sneak peek. Maryville, as we know, Division Two near St. Louis. What do they got to offer? Yeah, it's a uh, they play in the GLVC, which uh, a lot of a lot of teams around here like uh, Umsel, USI, Quincy, teams like that play in pretty good league, and uh, they're off to a seven and three start. Um, actually, recognize a couple players because we go all those high school tournaments, um, but. Uh, Looking into what they have, um, Ari Jackson is their leading scorer. Ari Jackson is a um, is like a six four guard from Christian Brothers Academy. We know what kind of team 
or players Christian Brothers puts out. Caleb Love is now at North Carolina, guys like that. Um, really good school. Um, he's averaging 14.3 points a game. Uh, Cameron Scales, Kevin Swims, a lot of guys. And um, looking at the roster, uh, Trey Baker, not Trey Baker, the basketball player or the football quarterback we just signed, but Trey Baker, Scotty Ube's former teammate, is on their team. They have guys from a lot around the St. Louis area, so uh, they do a good job getting those guys that's overlooked probably at St. Louis, and it's going to be a good test for us, I think. And you're right. That's some cool last names. They're Swims and Scales. So, uh, yeah, they're 7-3, as you said, and they do have some talent. Uh, it's cool that we did that because it's just ironic. Obviously, they don't, they don't plan that in a way. They plan like these smaller schools. But it's cool to see Scotty and his teammates uh, link up in that game just in terms of seeing each other. So that is cool. Yeah, that is a 3 o'clock game on Saturday. Um, so people should should go out to that. Uh, even if it's not a big crowd, we understand, even though we like for that. Saturday, people have stuff going on 3 o'clock. We'll see what that would happen. So we're 6-4 and four on the season. We, it feels like we should be 8-2 and two if we finish the Tulsa and Creighton games. We talked about, you know, the – uh, the good uh, season that Creighton's put together, that that would look really good. And obviously losing by a buzzer doesn't hurt us as bad, but a win's a win and a loss is a loss. Uh, so in the, adding the Colorado win, we'd be looking really good, especially going to put up a fight hopefully in San Francisco. Um, liking our chances this year so far. We know there's been some some bad points clearly, but like I said, this SEMO game shows that the team that we can be clearly moving forward. So can Excited for the Maryville game just to get in that groove. We talked about with certain players. Maybe some players don't play. We mentioned Trent, questionable. Hopefully that manages to maybe work as ease him, himself into that game. Hopefully, and obviously, hopefully we win and maybe do it in large fashion and get ready for that big game. Then. So good pod today uh, for Nick Malone. Go Lurch. We'll see you guys soon.